This is the Ed Milet Show. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I have a man who is literally a walking miracle on my show. And uh, I was a huge, huge fan of this man before a particular injury affected him. But I've become a hundred times bigger fan after it. And uh, it's one of the most remarkable stories you're ever going to hear in your life by one of the most remarkable people you will ever hear from in your life with some of the best tips and insights of how to overcome adversity and, frankly, how to make a comeback in your life. So he's got a new book out called Walking Miracle, How Faith, Positive Thinking, and Passion for Football Brought Me Back from Paralysis and Helped Me Find My Purpose. Ryan Sejir, welcome to the show today, brother. How you doing, Ed, man? I really appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be on. I am too. You guys, this is a great athlete, first-round draft pick, uh, a player that all offenses in the NFL feared. And then take us, Ryan, let's just go right to it. December 4th, 2017, your life changed. Yeah, so December 4th, like you said, 2017, we played the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. It was a Monday night football game. And the one thing that was really interesting about this game is uh, the the years prior, you know, this was my fourth year in the NFL. The years prior, every year I had, uh, I was hurt for either nine games, seven games, you know, three games. So I told myself this year, I'm like, no matter what, I'm I'm sticking, I'm making, I'm playing every game. Unless I have a significant injury, I'm playing in every single game. So I end up, we, we were playing, we were playing the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers didn't play this game. And we ended up beating them. And we were beating them pretty solid. Like, I didn't really have to be in the game towards the end of the game. I didn't have to, like, it was like a last play of the game. I didn't really have to go as hard as I did. I just wanted to kind of get that last tackle in, you know, just go, you know, you know, Ed, just go one more. You know what I'm saying? To get that extra, get that extra little uh, little bit in. And then when I did that, um, somebody actually stepped on my ankle and caused me to, caused me to kind of sprain my ankle. And when that happened, if you know, when you sprain your ankle, it's, it's, it's really tough to kind of bounce back from. But through that whole week, I didn't practice not one day that week. And one thing that I always did when I didn't practice, uh, even when I did practice, I stood in the back of practice and took mental reps. So, like, I would stay, stay back there. And if I'm not actually taking a physical rep, I'll actually, like, think about all the steps I have to take, mm-hmm. take, like, one or two practice steps. So that's what I was doing and just rehabbing. And so me and Coach Allen talked, and he was like, Ryan, it's going to be a game time decision for this for this game. And so before the game, I talked to my wife. I talked to my father-in-law. I talked to my dad. And my wife and my father-in-law, my father-in-law was a nerd at the time. He was like, Ryan, I don't think you should play. So, but my dad, he, you know, he grew up, he, like, he helped me be where I was at. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's been my, you know, my ride or die since I was a kid. And he was like, Ryan, like, whatever you want to do is up to you. You know, he's like, you know your body better than anybody, and I understand that you don't want to miss any games. Mm-hmm. If you want to go out there, go out there. So I, so it was – I probably, like, 20 minutes before the game, I told Coach Tomlin, like, I'm good to go. I warmed up. And I, I wasn't 100%, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So the, the game started off first quarter. I think it was the second – first drive or second drive. I already had four tackles. And, wow. and and I don't know, like, I don't know how long you played football or if you played any football, yeah, but – when you have four tackles on defense in the first quarter, that you already thinking in your head, all right, this is gonna be a good game. Yep. yep. You know, cause like yeah. <laughs> you do four times three, you yep. know, that's 12 tackles minimum, you know. So um I was like, oh, I'm about to have a good game. And then I, I forgot the guy exact name, but somebody it was a receiver for the, the Cincinnati Bengals. He did a drag route. So a drag route is basically 
if you have him line straight up and he runs all the way across the field, mm-hmm. uh, like take one step and go all the way across the field. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to be that hard of a tackle. It's not a difficult tackle. I've made this tackle a thousand times in my life. And he ran up. And when he ran up, uh, the NFL is implementing, like, not hitting not hitting people with their helmets, not hitting people with your heads. Like, try to be really safe when you're tackling people. So in this situation, I never thought about, like, hey, how am I going to tackle anybody? I always was just like, I'm going to hit them and you know, they fall how they may, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, in this situation, I actually like try to put my head across and actually avoid hitting it with my head. And when this happened, he was running a little bit faster than I thought he was. And when I poked my, my head out, my head hit exactly into his hip and caused me to fracture my uh, vertebrae in my back. Yeah. What did it feel like? You're now you're one minute, you're the best player. I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag for you, but you're, you're the leader in the de- on your defense. You're the best player on the field. You're having the best game on the field. And a millisecond later, you're on your back. Uh, can you can you not move at all? And are you starting to go, uh-oh, something major just happened here? Yeah, so in that moment, I was pretty much paralyzed from the waist down. And in my head, I was thinking more of like, oh, this is a stinker. So people that played football before, a stinker is if you tackle somebody, you hit them with your shoulder, your shoulder feels numb. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like almost burning like a like a stinging sensation. That's why it's called a stinger. Um, but it's like numb. But it, it, it eventually comes back. Like mm-hmm. most football players had this feeling before. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like, all right, I'm, I'm having somewhat like a stinger, but just for my legs. You know, so I was thinking that at first, and I was kind of in denial. And then they came and started touch, poking on my legs. And when they were poking on my legs, I really couldn't feel anything. Oh. And I, and they were like, "Hey, are you poking? Like, do you feel that?" I'm like, "You're not touching me," oh. you know. So it kind of, kind of scared me. And then uh, they put me on the, they put me on the, the, the gurney, and then uh, into the ambulance. And my doctor was with me the whole time, and I just kept asking the questions. I'm like, hey, "How long am I gonna be hurt? Like, would I be playing again? Will I be ready?" And you know, for Christmas, because. I remember that we were playing the uh, Houston Texans at Christmas, and I was in my family, like my wife's family from Texas, so uh, I was really looking forward to that game. So it was just, it was like a lot of stuff going on, and I kept asking questions about like, when am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? And it was more not like, am I going to be okay? Like I'm, I'm not going to walk again. It's more like, all right, how soon do you think I'm going to be able to play football again? Wow. Because I just was in denial of me actually. Not Ryan, even with your teammates around you, because I I was watching that game. It was Monday Night Football. I could recall, was not. It was Monday Night Football game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah, I was was watching the game, and you could tell by the announcers when they came back from commercial, like, oh no. And then the guys on your team were around you, and you could see some of them praying, right? And I saw some of them talking to you. And I remember my heart rate's changing right now. I'm not kidding you. Actually remembering this, and it's not even me. It was you. But you're saying even in that moment, you're not thinking, nah, I'm not going to walk again. You're thinking, I got to get back for the – of the Texans game, even in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was just like, all right, I'm hurt pretty – like, I knew in my head, I'm, like, I'm hurt pretty bad. But, like, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm probably going to be back in, like, two, three weeks. You know, like, I, 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 like, you know, I, I never really thought – because I tell people this all the time, especially even individuals with spinal cord injuries, because I, so I end up having a spinal cord injury. And I tell people this all the time. I was like, uh, people see somebody in a wheelchair almost every day or, you know, or – once a week, most people do, um, especially if you go outside. You'll see somebody in a wheelchair once a week, or you'll see somebody in a wheelchair, and you'll be like, man, I wonder how they got there. But mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, I'm not in that position, and I, I hope they, you know, I hope they're all right. That's most most people, yes. uh, most common person, that's what they think about when they see somebody in a wheelchair. 
but they don't never, they never know how that person got into that situation, mm. you know? So, um, I, I never really thought about being paralyzed or paralysis or anything like that. So when I got injured, that was the last thing in my mind. Like, yeah, Hey, was. I'll never walk again. See, you know, so I had more of like, I had had Eric Legrand on my show, who's a friend of mine. And so mm-hmm. when your injury happened, I'll be honest with you, I thought about Eric, you know, almost immediately mm-hmm. when it happened. And and Eric ended up being, you know, paralyzed, you know, he's become a great friend of mine as one of the most inspirational people on the planet. But I'm curious, when did it dawn on you? Would you was it when you were in the hospital that someone said, Hey, you you probably are not gonna walk again here? When did that yeah, actually so happen? It, it really dawned on me like probably uh almost like a week later like a week or like almost almost two weeks later and the reason i say that is because um like i don't like i don't know about most people but when you play a sport and in like a professional sport every professional athlete probably it's probably like one or two athletes in the whole in all the sports that told were told when they were younger you're not going to make it. It's it's not possible. Like you're, you're, it's less than 1% of people that can do this. Like, like I don't know any kid from the moment they were born that everybody told them, Hey, you're going to do it. You're going to make it. You're the best ever. Like, you know, maybe LeBron, maybe one or two dudes. You're right. Right. Maybe LeBron, LeBron, (laughs) but almost nobody. Right. (laughs) You're like almost nobody. So that, that kind of was in my head. It was like, all right, um, people like when I got hurt, people gonna tell me stuff that I already know that I'm not gonna believe. Like I already know in my head that I'm gonna walk again, wow. I'm gonna play football again, I'm gonna be where I wanna be at again. Mm-hmm. And then so like once it was one doctor that talked to my wife and was like, Hey, Ryan has like a twenty percent chance for walking. Like he probably would never walk again. And she like cussed her cussed her out. Like she was like really mad. Mm-hmm. And, and my wife is she's uh Latina, she's kind of a hothead sometimes, but she <laughs> she's great. Yeah, but but she like she she cussed her out, and then uh, well, she wanted to cuss her out, and and then like what really when it really hit me is I have a, a my god brother and my cousin. He went to Duquesne here. Duquesne is like a smaller college here at Pitt, in Pittsburgh, and he used to come to all my games. He used to work out with me in the summer, and he was just in the hospital with me when I was laying in the bed. And I ended up getting like a, like, I'm like a urinary tract infection, like a really bad, like mm-hmm. fever and flu. And um, when I was laying next to him, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling good. Like, I just told him, I'm not feeling good right now. But it, I was so hurt at the moment, I couldn't like really move as much. Mm-hmm. And you know how on the beds, they have like the guardrails on the side of the beds. Yes. And, and so like, you can't fall out of the bed. But when I couldn't move over, so I ended up like throwing up on the guardrail and they slapped me back in my face. Oh my like, so it like it hit me back in my face. Oh my and when I, when that happened, I really said like, yeah, right. I'm, 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 I'm pretty bad. Yeah. That, know, oh, and, that's uh, a low point for you. Cause you had clots also, right? You ended up with clots. You had clotting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like the blood clotting. So a lot of people, you know, if you, you know, when you go on YouTube and and other other sources, like sometimes people just come up with their own reasoning of like why mm-hmm. this happened or why he's hurt like that. So with me, I had blood clots in my in my back, but if I didn't have those blood clots, I probably would have never had surgery. And and the reason is because so I have scoliosis, and a lot of people don't know this, but scoliosis is like a curvature in your spine. But when you have a when you have a spinal cord, like when your spine is basically like a, it's like a string that goes straight down your back. Mm-hmm. 
but you but your but your your vertebrae is like this is your vertebrae right here and this is your spinal cord so it's like straight down mm-hmm. the middle of your back it's not touching anything but with a spinal cord injury it's like touching it so when i fractured it it caused bruising on my spinal cord but you know most people on youtube are like oh he severed his spinal cord this this or that so it bruised my spinal cord and when it bruised my spinal cord um it didn't, it wasn't it wasn't in the middle so it caused inflammation on that side of the bruising and put i basically pinched my spinal cord against my vertebrae mm. to not allow it to basically breathe and which caused and that's what those blood clots did Golly. so so that made so the, the doctor seen that because the night of my injury i was actually starting to move my toes i was starting to wiggle and like my feet a little bit and it was like oh he's progressing and then probably like a week like like later that morning the next morning like two days later the doctor was like oh like ryan needs to have surgery now because i started to degress again because of the blood clots unbelievable so you guys i just want y'all picture this you're one of the top athletes in the world playing for one of the most storied franchises in the world and in one second you are now a couple weeks later going you're 80 percent chance you're not going to walk you know clotting throwing up hitting your head i mean imagine what that does to your to your mindset yet brother you end up coming back and walking across the stage not that long after this to announce the draft pick for the freaking Steelers. Take yeah. me from the moments when you were your lowest then to walking again. First, you were using like a walker or the yeah. like the crutches thing all the way up to walking up for the draft pick. But what was it? Was it your mindset? I think a lot of times people watch pro athletes. They go, all right. And even I do this, and a lot of them have become friends of mine. I'm like, well, he's physically just gifted. Not everybody is 6'3", 240, and runs a 4'5", right? So they got a lot of blessing. But I think what is discounted is mental toughness, is yeah. um, overcoming adversity, right? Like, what? how did you get from there, throwing up, hitting your head, clots, you're not going to walk 80%, to... Now in your life, you're got an agency, you got other businesses, you got all this stuff. What was the mental process like for you during those really hard weeks? So like, I I love how you said that. So I like to use two people and these two people are good friends of mine. And they're obviously everybody going to say they're super athletic, but they're not the most athletic guys. They're not the most gifted guys, but they're the two best in the world right now. Okay. Right. And uh Aaron Donald and TJ Watt so okay. both of them are t- tremendously blessed I'm not gonna lie they're both tremendously blessed but Aaron's not the strongest guy he's not the fastest guy he's not the biggest guy you know what I'm saying definitely but not like, the tallest guy he's, he's definitely yeah. not the tallest guy yeah. but he outwills everybody mm-hmm. literally outwills everybody mm-hmm. and and TJ is the same way like if you really look at TJ and his brothers his brother is the one that's the really big he's one the bigger one you know <laughs> you know he's the mutt TJ, of two super physically gifted dudes but he's the mutt of the two of them for sure <laughs> right 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 right, right. Yeah. And, and and you know TJ he's super athletic but but he you know he had two uh, ACL tears when he was in college you know and he just literally just out hustles everybody mm. and so like when i think of about me and how I made it to the NFL is just like literally my whole life people told me I couldn't do something so it's just like my my whole life I was like I don't care what you say I'm going to do this like I'm going to do this and then I I just I'm really positive in everything I do like I tell people all the time I don't know anybody that's successful and then believe in themselves yeah you know like 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 you have to have a positive mindset like sometimes you might be realistic but you still have to have a positive mindset and really believe and what you want to achieve. Like a lot of times, a lot of people, they they were like, Hey, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire, but they really don't believe that. Yes. Like 
you know, when the doctor told me I wouldn't walk again, I really believed in my head. Like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to walk again. Mm. Like, I really feel I was going to play football again. Mm. And, and I was, and I, and I'm really close to being where I could have been playing football again. But it, it, another thing with me is where I was at, I felt like it was like for me to get back to where I was at, it was going to be such a, 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 a tough hill to climb. Mm. I, I just, I didn't want to get back on the field and and not be the same guy. You yeah. Know? So, like, because yeah, so he got to the point, you guys, where he actually probably physically could have played again if there wasn't a threat for re-injury or anything like that. It's actually it's unbelievable, and I just think like it sounds good now, right? Like they're listening, like, all right. So they told him he couldn't walk again, and he's like, I don't believe you. I'm going to walk again. But actually, everybody, put yourself in that situation. Like, just you're driving right now. You're on the treadmill. Whatever you're doing, slow down for a second. I want you to picture this. You've worked your entire damn life for your dream, right? Your whole life. Everyone's told you you're not going to make You've worked all the weights, all the reps, all the up and downs, all the drills, all the games, the draft, college, high school, everything. You get to the NFL. Even first-round picks don't make it in the NFL half the damn time. Not only does he make it, he's a pro bowler. He's dominating on his team. He was the best player on a great defense, and now it's gone. It's gone, right? I want you to imagine that. Or being threatened to be gone. And then a doctor goes, and not only is it gone, you're probably not going to walk. And then in that moment to go, no, 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 I don't think you know me. I'm going to walk. Why do I repeat it back to you in my version and not just Ryan's version? Because he's humble. And I want you to hear it from somebody who's an outsider looking in. My level of admiration for somebody who does not crumble under that type of because I know a lot of you right now are like, man, I'm going broke, or I'm going through a divorce, or I've got this thing, or my dream's not happening. You're going through your version of divorce. But what if you had got to your dream, it's snatched from you, and you're told you can't walk again, and you're an athlete on top of it, and your whole life surrounds this stuff. Everybody, you know, guys, it's more than that. It's your friends know you play, right? Your family knows you play. And that's where I want to go next is your parents. So I'm reading in your book. And by the way, you guys got to get this book. Okay. Let me just tell you, just remember this walking miracle, perfect title, by the way. But is it true your mom would sit outside your hospital room, brother, and would make sure nobody cried when they'd come in to see you because she wanted to protect your mindset? Because I think everything in life is mindset, right? And it's, I'm going to go to your dad in a minute, but your mom, my understanding was she would sit outside your hospital room. I think I said hotel room, hospital room. And she would basically make sure, but poor people, don't you go in there and cry in front of him. Don't you hurt his mindset. Don't you make him feel down. That's true, right? No, it's very true. Like, I, like the, the thing is, I didn't know this until later on. Right. Like, because everybody would come in and just be like in a good mood. Obviously, most people want, like whenever you hung out with me, you're in a good mood. Like, I just like, I like to joke around. I like to laugh. Everybody would be in a good mood. Everybody would they'll never really talk about my injury. They'll just always talk about just like, all right, when this happens, when that happens, I talk about a team. But then my parents and my wife told me like they didn't let anybody in there that didn't believe in what I believed in. So like if if you came in to visit me and you felt like I wasn't going to walk in, you weren't coming into that room. Whoa. See, listen, everyone, this is that thing about who you're around and who you let infiltrate your mind and your spirit and your space. That's the ultimate version of this. I love what you just said. If you didn't think I was going to walk again, you don't get to come around. Like, and by the way, you don't think my dream's going to happen? You don't get to come around. You don't want to support me what I'm doing. You don't get to come around me anymore. This is how you protect your dream. It's how you protect your mind. It's how you protect your thinking. Now, your dad had this quote. By the way, his dad was a part-time chaplain for the Dolphins. But your dad said this, a dream without sacrifice and discipline is just vanity. It's just empty words. 
Did your dad talk like that a lot around you? Is that where you get your mindset from? Is this like really things your father would act? My dad did not talk like that. Your dad actually <laughs> yeah, talked yeah. like this? Yeah, no, he does talk like that. And the thing that's so funny is like when we go to family functions, him and my uncles, his brothers be getting mad because he was like, just because you read all these damn books and know everything don't mean it. <laughs> you just can't eat it. It's, it, it but it's, it's, it's awesome because like my whole life, my dad just been pouring wisdom into me. So like when, even when I was playing, um, like my dad, I remember my dad, when I first went to high school, he was like, Ryan, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, when you get in, when you get into uh, high school, the first thing is, is going to be like three or four things that pe- everybody talks about. Everybody talks about when in high school. He's like, kids are gonna talk about money. They're gonna talk about they're gonna talk about drugs, or alcohol. They're gonna talk about women, mm-hmm. and then uh, and like those. He said those are three or fourteen things people are gonna be talking about while they're in high school. And he said it doesn't change until you even while you're as a as a grown man. Isn't that true. And he was like, he was like one thing I'm gonna tell you right now is don't allow those people to lie to you and make you feel that you don't have the things that you want just because of of basically of their lies. And then another thing that he also told me was everybody has a trash bag. He was like, everybody life is a trash bag. And he was like, the difference is some people trash bags is a little bit heavier than others. He was like, so whenever you get in the situation, you know, when like, he was like, your mom, she's cool taking out the trash, but when the trash get heavy, I got to take it out. Mm-hmm. And, she, and he was like, if you ever get in a situation where you're getting recruited or an NFL team wants you, or it's a girl talking to you. It's like they'll she'll look at both of these trash bags and like which which uh which which uh, bag do I want to deal with less or more? Mm. Like when you have more baggage, people, less people want to deal with you. Oh my gosh! And, and then like when I when he told me that when I was younger, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then and then when I when I got hurt, I started spending time with the Steelers, and I actually started to start scouting players, and you start seeing guys that was exactly the same type of player and they were like oh yeah this guy has this 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 so they'll drop this guy oh my gosh that's so good brother that is so (laughs) real too right it's true in business too there's two totally you know two people have equal talent equal ability equal whatever but one dude's trash bag's bigger i want that other guy i want the guy with the lighter bag right i want the dude who who can perform and you're this is so good See, it's interesting because I'm a person who's a person of faith. Sometimes I think, you know, God doesn't give us anything we're not capable of handling. And sometimes he gives great adversity to people that he knows are either going to be strong or are going to discover a strength they didn't know they had. And so as I'm reading your story in reverse, so everything, all wisdom is hindsight, right? But I'm reading your story in reverse. I'm like, so of all the players in the NFL, if God has a plan, he chooses Ryan as the guy that's going to have the spinal cord injury of all the guys in the league, right? And then you go, now, why would he choose him? Then I start reading about your mom. Then I start reading about your dad. I start reading about your mental toughness already. I'm like, because he knew he was the one who could handle it. Because he was the one who could. A lot of the guys, their trash bag was too full to be able to handle this. But I want to read something to you. This man's deep, you guys. This man's deep. In the hospital, when he developed the UTI, he got it from a catheter. Antibiotics weren't working during all of it, and he threw up like he talked about earlier. And he said, I hated for him to see me, my cousin to see me sick and weak. He said, later, I'd see the wisdom in the Eckhart Tolle quote. It's amazing to me. (laughs) Fell dude quoting Eckhart Tolle, right? All stress is about wanting the what is is to be what is not. 
I was suffering because I was fixated on this old image of myself, a strong warrior laying down an example for my cousin. I was obsessing over the what is not. And I think that's a life lesson. I think comparison is the thief of joy and passion. And sometimes we all do this where we're at in our life. I want you to speak to this because this could be easy for you to do right now today. Hey, man, you know, if this didn't happen to me, I'd be in camp right now, probably getting ready for another season. Maybe I've got a $10 million deal I got, I've got i signed per year, right? I'm making it up. When we compare ourselves to other people's lives, we compare ourselves to what we see on social media. But one little insidious form of comparison is we compare ourselves to our former situation. I used to be in this relationship. I used to look this way. I used to do that. Are you? Do you have to guard against that, Ryan, not to compare where you are now to where you were or where you might think you could have been had this adversity not taken place. You have to protect your mind that way. Man, man, hey, you're great, man. Because you ask you ask questions that that people don't normally ask. You yeah. know, so I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And, and so the, the reason the reason I say that is because I, I definitely do have to guard against that. You know, and and the reason it, it is not even just me guarding against it. It's other people asking me the, these like the question, mm-hmm. like. Man, like, what was it like playing when you played? So it's like it's almost hard not to get back to like feeling like that. Yes. Or what you know, how much money would you have gotten? Right. Or this, or this or that. So when I first got injured, it was really hard for me not to think about that, not to cry about situations. I remember my first game back at Hans Field. I sat in the parking lot for like thirty minutes before the like before I actually walked into the locker room with the team. Really? Because I, I I literally was just crying mm-hmm. because I was so fixated on the guy that I used to be, mm-hmm. you know. And then now uh, a lot of my friends are like, man, Ryan, I don't understand how you have like jerseys and up and everything around your house because like that was still bother me, you know, to think about all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to just guard myself from it. Like I understand that right now is not my time to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And some people may say, Ryan, like you'll be a great coach, but if I was a coach, I would think more about when I play than actually helping guys lead them to being their best self. Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I really guard myself from that because uh, when, when you're, I tell people all the time, when you're thinking about the past, the past is not going to lead you to a better future. Oh God. That's good. <laughs> That's why we did the show right there, right there. That's why we did the show. See, I even, I, I'm going through something right now. I'm not going to get into on the show, but like, I kind of need that too. And this idea of comparing to another time, it's so dangerous in our life it's so dangerous or even if you're like in a new relationship don't compare that one to the one you used to be and you're killing the one you're in when you do it the other thing that you i forget the term you use because i can't find it right now but you talk about like having your identity stolen from you when football was gone like identity thievery right and i always say that i think sometimes we make a mistake as people where we tie our identity up in like what we do like I am a football player, right? Or I am, or, uh, or my identity is tied to my wealth, or my identity is tied to my beauty, and it's tied to the external, right? As opposed to our identity being tied to who we are inside, as a spirit, as a soul, as a person. Did you have to kind of reevaluate? It's very easy when you're a pro athlete to just allow all your identity into being a pro athlete. Every restaurant you walk in, every airport, every club, in your own family. You're the stud. You're the athlete. You're the you're the guy. It's easy just to surrender your identity. It's easy when you're starting to have success. I just I'm the rich guy. I'm the successful guy. And you let your identity be these what I think are really low vibrational frequency 
things that are fleeting that'll go away at some point anyway. Did you have to fight that with your identity being a football player? Yeah, I, I had to fight that in multiple ways. And so it was in one way of everybody was just like, oh, Ryan Shays is a football player. And I had to start, as, especially as you become a businessman, Ryan Shays is a football player can help you get into doors, but it doesn't help you get business. Ooh. You know, like yeah. it can help you get into doors, but and then you still got to be a good businessman. Like you, it give you more opportunities, but and then if you don't capitalize on the opportunities, it, 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 it didn't help you at all. Mm. And then another way that it really hurt is when you're a professional athlete, um, like I still get some of the perks of being, you know, Ryan Shazier, which is a blessing. You know, if I go to a restaurant, I can meet and uh, get into restaurants early. Or I can meet, you know, mm-hmm. certain people, which is still an awesome, uh, mm-hmm. op- awesome opportunity. I'm not going to knock that at of all. Course. But the one thing that it is tough is being a professional athlete, uh, the income is a lot different. So like hanging out with other professional athletes. Before it was things that you could do or things that you would be open to doing mm-hmm. that, you know, you'd be like, all right, I can just go back on the field and make this right back. Or I could do this or I could do that. Um, when you're not playing, you have to really be smart because it's like, hey, as a player, I used to be able to do that. But is that actually a smart move for me and my family right now? Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's where I had to really start to pay attention a little bit more uh, just for me financially, because I was just like, hey, Ryan. You used to play, you used to be a first rounder, but you're not anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. You're you know, a father or two, a husband, you're a business owner, and you have to start making smarter decisions as a business owner. You can't just make erratic decisions as a football player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by the way, he's helped people do that now. He's got an agency. He's got his own agency where he does that. And he's also, you know, what I probably most admire about you, I think, is it's hard enough to make one dream come true in your life. And I just really admire people when their first dream ends that they don't, that they don't. Mm -hmm. And so many people in life, when their first dream ends, they just keep telling the story of the almost or what they did in that dream. It takes real courage to start writing a whole new chapter. I doubt, you know, when you were rehabbing that ankle the week before the game, you're like, you know what? In three years, I'm going to be in the financial business or I'm going to have these other businesses. You were not ready to do any of that, yet you pivoted pretty damn quickly, right? You were able to pivot pretty quickly. What caused you to be able to make that pivot? Like, was it just necessity? Like, hey, I've got to still make money? Or was yeah. it like, you know, I want another purpose? Like, purpose is what gives our life meaning, right? And I'm sure you had to find a purpose. It's in the book. I just want you to talk about it. <laughs> so, so uh, this is this is one one thing that uh, it's a real big quote in football. Mm-hmm. Almost only works in horseshoes and horse uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> almost got there. Almost worked. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it only works in horseshoes and hand grenades. And so that's a that's a football quote. I love that. Um, but to me, you know, my honestly, I feel like my purpose. Uh, I just, I, I feel like I had a greater purpose. So, you know, God, God works in mysterious ways. I thought it was multiple purposes because to me, um, when I was even playing, I felt like football was a platform. Football is a platform to help you get to another place. Mm. And like every step of our life is a different chapter and a different platform. Mm. And it just depends on how you use that platform to, to, to continue to build off of what you did before. So football, I always felt that football was a platform and I always wanted to get into business, but I didn't know it would be, you know, four years after I got injured. Mm. So um, my, I feel like my purpose was to really be able to provide for my family, help my family, but then also help other people, help uh, other people when it came to 
have a, individuals with spinal cord injuries like myself, mm. when it comes to individuals just helping change their lives. Like my agency, I'm talking to a lot of young cats and a lot of young people and helping change their lives right now, mm. you know, and before when they weren't able to do that. But even those people with spinal cord injuries, there's a lot of individuals with spinal cord injuries that weren't blessed with the same amount of rehab as myself, that weren't blessed with the same amount of support as myself. And I felt like my purpose was to allow me well, to allow God to use me to help find my purpose to help other people. Such a beautiful man. How do you, how do you not, hard question. I just admire you a lot. And now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, I get it now. Because I read the book in a night. I read your whole book in one night, cover to cover, every word. And, uh, and I already knew who you were. Like I said, I was a fan. I was like, this dude's a stud. This dude was a player. And just the way you played, you're aggressive, you hit hard, all these things. I just love the way that you played. Um, but then I read the book. And I'm, I'm curious, though, like being real, do you find yourself or how do you not become angry or resentful in your life now? I mean, you got a beautiful family. You got so many blessings. You're a good looking dude. You got a gorgeous wife. You got, you know, a couple beautiful kids. You know, you can still walk in a restaurant. I get all that. But it's not what you thought it was going to be, right? It's different. The God had other plans for you. Do you find yourself resentful and angry sometimes? And if you do, how do you get out of it? So I I used to I used to sometimes get really angry. Sometimes I'll be really sad. Um, I have really strong people around me, like my mom, my dad, my wife, um, one of my best friends. So when I have days that I am really mad, really angry, mm-hmm. like we talked before, I have really strong strong people around me mm-hmm. um, that I can talk to. Uh, so like, I remember when I was rehabbing a lot to, to get back, uh, to start playing football game and I'll be rehabbing. And then like, sometimes the team will still be out there practicing while I'm rehabbing close by oh, wow. and I'll watch them rehab. And then like during rehab, I'll just stop rehabbing. I'll just tell my trainer, I, I can't do this right now. Mm. Like I, and I'll just start crying mm. or like, I'm like, um, or like, I'll say this isn't fair. I don't understand. Like, and a lot of people didn't hear me say why me when I was going through my injury, my, my trainers and my family heard me here and there, but I would never go tell a regular person, like nobody else, like, you know, why am I going through this? You know, because at the end of the day, coach Tommy used to tell us people, uh, people don't, uh, he said, stop complaining. Mm. He's like, because people either happy, people either happy you complaining or they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, you're right. I appreciate you being vulnerable to admitting. I think some guys go, I never got down, you know, yeah. I never. And I just don't think you inspire people by being perfect. I think you inspire people by showing them your imperfections. And it's 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 cool to hear you say, hey man, I'd be hard. You're rehabbing this injury and you can literally see your old team practicing when you're doing it. I have to imagine that. So I appreciate you being, you know, really real. How did you create a new playbook for your life? So, okay, it now becomes a point you're like, all right, football's gonna be over. How does one pivot? So now you're doing that. What made you choose the financial business? And you got some other stuff you're doing too, but like what made you, choose that how does one start over so someone's listening to this right now they're like you know what my thing didn't work out i've kind of been treading water for a while you know how does one begin again what did you do so honestly this is this is probably one of the hardest things this is probably one of the hardest things for me um and i talked to a lot of i talked to the studders a lot about this still kevin colvin i'm pretty close with him well Ali, he's a former Pittsburgh student mm-hmm. and i talked to him a lot about this and it was just Pivoting, transitioning from the NFL, transitioning from sports, transitioning in life, is, I feel is probably one of the hardest things to 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 do. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I tell people like my whole life 
And most people are like, you, you shouldn't have your whole life tailored to something. But my whole life was tailored to playing football. Like I like watching the Hall of Fame sometimes to this day still makes me cry because everybody that knows me truly knows that was a goal of mine. Some people in the Hall of Fame are like, I never thought I would make it here. Mm-hmm. Now, me personally, I that, that was my goal. I'm so, if, if I if I would have made a Hall of Fame, I would have been like, I worked every day for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you know, yeah. so like that that's that's how it was for me. And when I when I started to try to re- really figure out what I want to do, I took a year to see what was important to me. What did I like to do? And I spent time coaching and and and, and scouting. And I was like, this is not this is not for me. And then I ended up spending some time just really thinking and talking to my wife about just what was the next steps. And I was I, I was vulnerable, like I, t- I said before. I started to really connect with people that weren't in the sports world anymore because when you're playing sports. Your friends and who you have around you is awesome. But everybody will tell you in the sports world, most of the people that you meet in the sports world, like I still have a lot of really good friends, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, mm-hmm. you know, Tyson, Vince Williams, Bud Dupree. Like I still have a lot of really good friends. But the one thing I would say is everybody will tell you it's very short-lived. Sure is. Like your friendships aren't, like a lot of them are more acquaintances than friendships. Very true. Your your, your work, your work, your work buddies. Yep. You know, so um when I started, when I got injured, I wasn't around those guys as much. And I started really get started talking to people and introducing myself to people that didn't play sports. And I really started gaining real friendships. And like I said before, I was just vulnerable with them. But like we all went out one day and we were, we were all really close. And I was just like, hey guys, you know, right now I'm just I'm really stuck in a hard spot. I, I just, I, I really don't know what's like, what's next. Mm. Like, I don't like, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started to talk to a few of my friends and they just said, Hey Ryan, you know, come spend time with us. And, you know, just, we're, I know you want to be a business owner. So like, I'll show you what I do. I'll show you what I do. And then I started talking to a few different ones. And then, you know, one helped me started to learn more about real estate. So I ended up actually, I'm owning some real estate properties that I wasn't doing before. Then I ended up uh, starting a trucking company. And then a really close friend of mine, he he's 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 doing really well in the insurance in the insurance uh, industry. Uh, his name is Simon Arias, uh, and he's uh, with you know American Income Life. Then I started to talk to him, and then we just started to work together and starting a partnership. And um, I just I recently started, it and it's been doing great. So I I'm really blessed because I have people around me that really care about me. But I feel like the one thing that I did that a lot of men don't do was I was actually vulnerable enough to tell people around me like, Hey, I'm, I'm not scared, but I'm, I'm nervous. I don't, I I need to figure out what's next. Dude. I love you. you. I love you. Strong man is one who's vulnerable and asks for help. I love that. A couple things I want to unpack there. One, the vulnerability piece is huge. You know, you're going to find out everybody in life, more people want to help you than you realize. People actually do want to help people, especially people that are vulnerable. Hey man, I don't know. I don't know, right? So that's number one. Number two thing is I watched the uh, NFL Hall of Fame ceremony whenever it was last weekend, knowing we were going to do this. I swear to you, brother, it's confirmation we're supposed to do this interview. I could not get you off my mind. Now, I have a couple of buddies that are in that Hall of Fame that are really good friends we were talking about off camera, but I actually thought about you during that. I wonder if it is hard to watch. It's amazing that you just said that. And then the third piece of your advice that I totally agree with is you got to keep moving, meaning try different this is a metaphor, everybody. It's not real. Try different suits on and see if they fit. 
I'm telling my mm-hmm. kids this too when they're getting into college. Like, try, go try things. See if that suit fits. If that suit doesn't fit, put a different suit on. But you got to keep trying things. Too many people are sitting around waiting for inspiration, sitting around waiting for the perfect situation, something that fits them. And by the way, what you're going to pivot into, you're not going to love all of it. That's right. the fallacy. Would you agree with that? Like, you didn't love every single thing about football. There was something you didn't like, whether it was stretching or weights or, you know, <laughs> waiting in between quarters when they take TV breaks, whatever the heck it is, right? Like, and then somehow when the first dream ends, we're like, well, I don't like that part of it. Well, you didn't like that part of the other thing either. Would you agree with that? Like, you don't like everything about the trucking business. You don't like everything about the financial business. It's whether it fits. Most of yeah. it fits. It doesn't have to be all of it. Would you agree with that? I completely agree. I completely agree. A lot of people they give up on a dream just because it didn't work. Like uh, um, I remember, I remember uh, when I was at Ohio State, me and my dad had a talk, and my dad, my dad probably thought I was crazy when I had this talk with him. But I was like, "Hey, man, dad, it was it was my junior year. I already was like, uh, already was like locked in to possibly be like a second round draft pick." And I was like, hey, dad, like, man, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if this is for me anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like the school, you know, just like the workouts. Like, because like the the, the the off-season workouts are where guys, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yep. So, like, I so basically, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And my dad's like, you worked your whole life for this. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's like, I understand this part of your season is terrible. But just, like, uh, this part, like, like, not season, but just, like, season in your life. Yeah. He's like, I know this part of your season in your life is terrible. But he's like, just push through it. Yeah, like everything you work for is gonna pan through, and then I end up going fifteenth overall. Yeah, pretty but like, damn good. But, yeah, but, but he was just like Ryan, like, I, like obviously I understand you're this sucks right now in this moment, but it's gonna be all all be worth it. And and my me and my dad love this quote in the Bible. It say, "Faith without works is dead." Mm-hmm. He was like, I know a lot of people that look in that look at the newspaper. And like, man, I need a job. I need a job. I need a job. And constantly looking at newspaper, constantly. Well, back in the day, it used to be newspapers. Mm-hmm. Constantly looking at newspaper, constantly putting up jazz uh, job posts, but then would never do an interview. And it was just like, <laughs> right. it was like, it was like, how you gonna get a job if you don't actually go try to find one? Exactly. You know. And this, and he was like, that's the type of the same, the same thing. He was like, a lot of people want something. They want to be a millionaire. They want to have a job. They want to have kids. They want to have a, a good relationship, but they're actually not trying to put the work in, yep. you know, like God, God wants it for you. But in the day, like I would not got better if I didn't put the work in. God want, wanted me to get better and help me be able to be a voice for him. But I couldn't be a voice for him if I didn't do my job. I didn't do my part. Well, I love you. The work that it took to become a professional football player and then a first-round pick and then a pro bowler, that's one thing. Then the work where you're being told you're not going to walk, amount of work that had to go into getting your body back to where you could walk and then actually almost play football again had you really decided to is an unbelievable amount of work. And then when that's over to go, nope, I'm going back to work again. I'm going to do it again for my family. I'm going to build multiple careers is something that I think you're one of the most inspiring people like people say inspiring things, and then there are people who live inspiring lives. Those are two different things. And then a third thing is someone who has both. And you're unique that you're both. You say inspiring things, if you all read this book or listen to this interview, but you've lived an inspiring life. It's uh, unbelievable your story and who you are, brother. I'm, I'm a huge, huge believer in you. Last thing I want to ask you. Oh, by the way, we could go hours on this. because I just It's obvious to me, and everyone, everyone listening to this, like God did choose you to handle this adversity. 
you did have a father who poured into you this way. You did have a mother who did. You did have, you do have a wonderful wife who probably thought she was going to marry a 15-year NFL football veteran and ends up now standing by your side as you make this transition. Maybe the gift of you would have never known the depth of how much she loved you or why she loved you until this adversity hit, and now you know, right? So there's these right. hidden gifts and blessings that maybe you would have never known had you played 15 years in the NFL. Now you know this woman loves me, right? This woman believes right. in me. So there are these unbelievable blessings. Just watching your face change when I say that tells me that I'm right about it. So today's her birthday. So. Oh, man, tell her happy birthday. At least I honored her on her birthday, right? At least I got the right time. Right. So let me ask you this last. You know, it would be a privilege for anybody to meet you. But you meet someone right now who says, hey, listen, man, your story is just bananas inspiring. This is a, literally you're a walking miracle, right? And you've come back so many different times in your life. And I want to make a comeback. You know, I'm at a point in my life where, you know what, now I don't want to come back. I want to do something better than I've ever done before in my life. And uh, I just don't know where to begin. I'm just not sure where to start. What would you say to that person? Here's some advice I'd give you on where to begin your comeback. What would you tell them? So uh, one thing I, I normally tell people is when, when, whenever they're trying to start a comeback, whenever somebody, the first, the first problem that they, they go through is they always say, why me? Mm. Why me? And the one thing I always tell people is, Go from stop stop asking why me, and start asking why not me. Every because so, the thing is, a lot of people are like why me, why me, why me. When you're saying why me, then you're you're basically saying why not David, why not Ed, yeah. why not Susie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I try to tell people like think about like why not me, and then show everybody why you are the one to overcome this. And then another thing I like to, to tell people is read the book The Obstacle Is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, because that book really helped me understand. Um, I was already a positive person, but it helped me understand. It's like, hey, just because you got an injury, just because you went through something, don't allow that to change you for the bad. Allow it to change you for the good. Allow that to become the way that you succeed and continue to move on. Mm. A lot of people think like you might get, you know, you might get, you might fall off a bike or you might, you know, lose your job. And now you're thinking, oh, dang, I, I just lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm I, I, like, I, I can't I can't bounce back from this. Mm. You might not you might under, you might find out that the job that you just lost just opened up an opportunity for a much better job, a much better opportunity, a much better way. So I tell people uh, so that book really helps out a lot. And then the last thing I tell people is just be just think like I know like a lot of people try to think of worst case scenario. When you're trying to overcome something, you have to start thinking of the best case scenario. Yes. Thinking of the best case of where you want to be in life yes. because when you think worst case scenario and you're already down, it's just gonna you're just gonna stay down. Mm, so good. By the way, that book's about stoicism, everybody. And yeah. there are more and more people I meet that really believe stoicism has really affected their life in a positive way. And when we were prepping for this, I saw that you did too. So, brother, like, there's a depth to you that I'm so glad I've discovered. Um, you know, I knew what a remarkable human being you were, but there's a depth to you that I just feel like you're at the beginning of some great time in your life right now. And I'm super grateful we agreed to do this today with one another because I know it's really shifted a lot of people's perspective. You're a walking perspective shifter. 
is really where you are. You know what? You truly are. And by the way, if you're wondering whether I'm telling you the truth, my producers in the back are all nodding, agreeing with me right now that you just change people's perspective instantly with who you are and your story. So you got a friend here. You got my number. You know we're going to be doing some stuff together after this too. So thank you. By the way, you guys got to go get Walking Miracle. You want to follow you on social? That's the best place to go follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on social at Shazier. Uh, at Shazier on Instagram and then Ryan Shazier on uh, Twitter. You guys, this is a man that will absolutely make a difference in your life. I know y'all listen to this right now going, I need to share this with somebody. This show should be heard by somebody that I want to have inspired, who's going to make a comeback, who wants to overcome adversity, who thinks they're going through a difficult time. You think you're going through a difficult time? This man's gone through multiple difficult times and come out the other side a champion many, many times over. And you can as well. Make sure you get the power of one more also, my book, number one book in the world, follow Ryan. Make sure you're sharing our show. Make sure you're watching my new show on Nosy Change with Ed Milet. It will change your life. Go check that out as well. God bless all of you. Max out your life. This is the Ed Milet Show.